Hello folks, welcome to On The Call Season 2, produced by the stars among us. This is Ozzy and I appreciate you for tuning in to this thank you tour via this thank you card, which shines light on those who have impacted me and my life in one way or another. So on this ninth episode, I introduce you to Karen Gears. Hello, Karen. Ozzy, so good to talk to you tonight. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I'm going to tell the people a little bit about you because there's so much <laughs> to tell. Karen is, after receiving her BFA in painting from Parsons, um, started selling her paintings on the streets of Soho and her murals have adorned walls of New York City public schools and now the demolished, you guys remember this, 42nd Street project, I remember. While um, working at Film and Video Arts, she has begun a nine-year shooting odyssey of a documentary called Begging Naked. And this is about Elise Hill, who was a runaway teen. She had survived the streets from an early age by selling her handmade jewelry on the street. But Karen's other documentary is Astor Place Hairstylist. They're closing after over 75 years in business with the same family owners. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, they couldn't keep it going any longer with the pandemic. You know, shutdowns. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Karen has done a lot of uh, red carpet interviews Jeff for Jack Ryan, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible, A Quiet Place, oh my gosh, Emily Blunt, as well as Mary Poppins, Fleabag, Ladybird, Deadpool. On top of that, she's been an EPK producer, and I'm only partly listing folks. Black Swan, Soul Man, that is uh, Soul Man. I'll ask you, what was that like? <laughs> that was great. That was awesome. That was great. That was down in Shreveport, Louisiana. And it was actually, it was actually Bernie Mac's last uh, last movie. No. Yeah, he was he was great. He would just make everyone laugh. Basically, he was just doing stand up for them, wow. you know, in between takes. He was he was wonderful. <sighs> She's been an editor and writer, and um, her client list again partial listing. Amazon Studios, Warner Brothers, Netflix, Sony, Walt Disney, CBS, Tyra Banks Show, Lionsgate, Precious, one of my beloved films. Yeah, me too. H1, Rick James. Okay, folks, that's partial. <laughs> <laughs> that makes Without me think I better start narrowing it down. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? Give them your website. KarenGarrisNYC.com. G-E-H-R-E-S. Right. Okay, right. that's where folks you're gonna get the full the full Karen. <laughs> <laughs> what has influenced your art, your painting, and do you still paint? I still paint. Yeah, it's funny because of uh, you know when we were more locked down, you know, stayed inside more. I I started painting more, more mostly just for like mental health. Honestly, it, it really helped me a lot. Um, but I, I'm not painting the way I would actually want to paint, which is much larger. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and have a place where I can just make a complete mess and, and right. leave it and then come back the next day. Right. You know, when you're in a, an apartment, I mean, very grateful for where we live, but the, the stuff I did during this year were uh, like landscape stuff, stuff out the window, um, you know, small, small little works, but um, I'm really glad I did them. They helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, like, I went to school for painting. Right. I never went to film film school. Right. I couldn't afford to go back to school. And, uh, like, painting was not enough for me. Um, and that's why, in the back of my mind, I always wanted uh, film, you know, mm-hmm. somehow to be involved in entertainment. Because it's, like, what I love the most. And so... Uh, to me, it was like uh, painting, you, you mix that with photography, you mix that with music and a story, mm-hmm. and that's, that's film, you know, that's making a movie. There used to be a great place here in Manhattan called Film Video Arts, and if you gave them two days a week of your time, they, they would give you access to film equipment and classes, mm-hmm. and that's really... It changed everything for me um, and then you know because I learned the equipment I started getting hired as a uh, audio mixer right. not because I really wanted to be a, a sound person it's just that I knew the equipment and I, I, I wanted to be on those sets right. so that started and and then you know little by little uh, I was doing sound for a show that aired on um, channel 13 and they said Karen wh- why why are you doing sound you know, we know you're doing your documentary. Why don't you, you what you should produce? Mm-hmm. So they were so nice that they offered to have me produce uh, one of their stories for it, one of segment for them. And that just, that set things off. And then a friend of mine couldn't do a red carpet one night. Mm-hmm. Sick, and she said, Karen, Karen, you got a cover for me. <laughs> and I go, <laughs> I go, I've never done a red carpet in my life. You know, she goes, you can do it. You can do it. Yeah, and yeah. that was it. The, the, you know, you just need somebody to right. give you a chance. And, you know, you say you did that one job, and then I started getting hired more and more. Um, yeah, it takes that one that one chance, you know, yes. to do it. And I didn't screw it up, so, you know. <laughs> With Begging Naked, mm-hmm. we received re- reviews by Martin Scorsese, Roger Ebert, mm. um, and the, the, the words that they used to describe, like Martin said, really devastating and well-made. That coming from him, that's major. He was my hero. He was my film hero. <laughs> and Roger Ebert, an amazing documentary and about an extraordinary person. Mm. Wonderful, wonderful accolades. Now, how did you meet the protagonist, Elise? It was through painting, actually. I worked uh, down in the East Village. There's a, a store called Gara Paints, and I worked there for years. And uh, it really, it was make your own paint. You know, it had all the like ingredients to make your own, especially if you're somebody that goes through paint a lot. And mm-hmm. she walked in and just, we started talking and we became, ended up being becoming very, very close friends. And when I met her, she was selling these unbelievable jewelry that she made by hand uh, out in front of the Art Students League. Mm -hmm. And, you know, little by little, you know, she's telling me about her past and, you know, she had run away from New Jersey 
she was a prostitute at one point heroin addict she cleaned herself up went to the art students league to you know learn uh art that's how we met we met through the painting connection and uh i was very upset because after years of being away from the sex industry she said she was going to go back into it by stripping at show world on 42nd street and 8th avenue i don't know judging anybody you know do but she has such incredible talents mm-hmm. um as an artist that i was so upset i just i wanted her to keep going but it's tough you know you, you're trying to make a living as an artist and i i saw that she was pulled in that direction to make you know the fast cash there and she did she made a, a lot of money at show world she brought an easel up on stage uh-huh. during her act and painted everything that was in the audience everything that was happening on stage wow. i mean she brought her art into stripping wow so she has this these unbelievable um you know paintings that she literally did on stage you know it's very like Toulouse Lautrec like I mean she's just incredible she's one of the the smartest people I've ever met mm-hmm. doing that work you know really took a toll and mm-hmm. she she ended up uh you know really having mental uh breakdown she was getting very paranoid conspiracy theories mm-hmm. I didn't know she was dropping acid like all the time wow. she was evicted from her apartment that she had and it was like this little I don't even know what you would call it, it was like above the elevator shaft on uh, on 7th Avenue in the like across from Carnegie Hall mm-hmm. and she basically carved that place out it was it was not even a place that you would really live but she made windows in there she was thrown out of that place and ended up living in central park it, it's it did it, it took nine years um to tell this this odyssey of hers right and then she didn't want to go to brooklyn that's where i was living at the time i don't know it was it was uh very traumatic stuff that that happened and um she's she still uh spends most of her day in the boathouse at central park mm-hmm. still making artwork mm-hmm. like unbelievable detailed watercolors of nature mm-hmm. and everybody in the park knows her she's um very friendly with like the bird watchers and she was one of my best friends and it was really tough to see Yeah. all happened to her yeah you know and sometimes when we look at our own lives by the grace of god you know yeah oh yeah yeah so uh, we come now to the other one ask the place hairstyles <laughs> yeah yes you know after ah. begging naked i had to do something that was <laughs> yes sure. a little lighter <laughs> but there must have been some crazy characters they're the best it's just <laughs> such a great place yeah you know you know what it's like there i mean there's still over 50 uh, hairstylists mm-hmm. in that place mm-hmm. at every any one time and they speak every language mm-hmm. you know you walk in there you're from you know Kazakhstan someone will speak your language <laughs> right. you know right. and 
um, it was great because it, it, I was, I shot it probably over like a couple years. I was going in there, you know, not every day I wouldn't go in to shoot. I would go in, you know, different intervals I'd go in and they weren't the easiest bunch to get to know right away. They, you know, they're accustomed to being on the other end where other people are speaking to them. Yeah, exactly. You're going in, putting yeah. this camera on them, it's a harder thing. Right. And the thing is, the, most of them, those aren't their real names. Those are aliases because originally, you know, it, it's owned by um, an Italian family. Mm -hmm. And so in the beginning, they were like, you know, like, we can't have five Luigi's in here. We already have, <laughs> we, we need to start making, you know, <laughs> have different names. So like, you got an Italian guy in there, literally, they're all, they're from Italy. Yeah. And his name is like, I don't know, whatever it is. And then they go, no, 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 your name's going to be Scott. You're Scott. <laughs> you know, there, there are very few of them have their, their real names, you know? What was interesting for me was to, to hear they used to have a karaoke uh, room. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's still there. Yeah, they little karaoke in the back, and Alberto, um, he's from Sicily, he's been there for many decades, mm. and ah, oh, he really loves his karaoke at lunchtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> but it's all in the documentary. It was, it's, it was so great, and that, that one, they, they did air that one on um, Channel 13, and it was so funny because the placement of where they put it, it was, it was literally on directly after the final Downton Abbey episode. Oh, <laughs> what, what, what the, you're going from beautiful Downton Abbey to, you know, the basement of at Astor Place with, you know, 50 barbers. Oh, beg, going back to beg, begging naked. Mm -hmm. um, you were awarded grants from the New York State Foundation of the Arts and, and Port Yes. yes. But you were also selected to be included in the permanent collection of the Library of Congress. Yeah, begging me. How did that happen? I have no idea. You know, Ozzy, to this day, I don't know how that happened. Wow. It's a mystery. I actually asked them because I'm like, what? I got this. <laughs> I got it. I've got, I got an email from them. And I'm like, uh, what? I go, who? And I wrote back right away, like, wait, how, how does this happen? Right. And they really don't, they don't tell you anything. And apparently it's some, it's got to come from someone. Right. My guess is it might have been Roger Ebert. Uh -huh. You know, I, possibly something, someone like that, because I, I, I don't know. I really, I, I really have no idea how that happens. Okay. So going back to, to ask the place now. What was the inspiration for you to do that? What made you go, you know, how did you get from begging naked? Oh, okay. Last place. Yeah, I, um, well, I, before moving up here, I lived in the Lower East Side in the East Village for over 30 years. And I started going back to Astor to get my hair cut. And um, after I hadn't been there in years, I'm like, well, I'm not happy with the salon treatment anyway, so I might as well go get, you know, a $15 haircut because right. if I pay more, I'm not satisfied anyway. So <laughs> I went back to, <laughs> I went back to Esther and I found someone really great there, Fran. Um, and that's not her real name either. Right. And she, uh, so I'm talking to her. I'm like, God, Fran, you know, we, I, 
I can't believe no one has done a documentary on this place. Mm. There were, uh, of course, they've been in the news many, 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 many times. Right. You know, featured in little segments, but to like really dig in a little deeper mm-hmm. and get to know some of them and their history. And I was a little nervous because the, it can be a little intimidating mm-hmm. in there walking in. People from out of town, they must be very intimidated by it. You, know, you walk in, you walk in and you're like, hey, what are you looking for today? What, what do you need? Right. What do you, over there in the corner, go, go over here. You know, it's not like, you know, would you like anything to drink? <laughs> no. Would you yes. like a cup of coffee or a glass of wine? No, no, all over there in the corner, you know, Alberto will take you, you know. But um, I asked the owners. I knew they were hesitant, like, oh, yeah, we heard this a million times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody's ever finished anything. Mm-hmm. We, we give you, we give people access and they don't finish what they start. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I'm going to finish. I finish what I start. I'm, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it took a couple of years because I, I wanted to get try to get as many people as I could in there. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, they were great. Great, great, great. The owners you know, are really good people. And mm-hmm. so many of us barbers and hairstylists. You know. I was looking at the trailer and I, was, and I saw um, <laughs> some of the stories you... <laughs> <laughs> oh, the fighting and the drunkenness of the customers and stuff. One one poor guy died in the chair. Oh my god! Yeah, they had to put him in the hallway when, because they were so busy in there that the um, <laughs> while waiting for the ambulance, it took a while. You know, they're like, "Hey, wait a minute, we we can't have him sitting here. We gotta we gotta keep moving." You know, there's a line out the door for haircuts. We gotta keep right. moving. <laughs> wow. So. Yeah productions mm-hmm. those are fun to do I, I love doing but what is the funniest interview you've had? well it's one of my favorites because he kept us laughing <laughs> i'm not kidding for eight hours straight yeah. we were in a room just it was me um and the crew yeah. and it was for a junket right so that the, the other press people keep coming in coming in coming in as a little revolving door David Bowie, we were in that room with him for eight hours. He was like better than any stand-up comic I'd ever seen. Holy smoke. He was so hilarious. It was in uh, Ricky Gervais's um, Extras, the show Extras. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh my, I mean, that gives you a sample. One of the episodes that he's in, he is he's hilarious the best sense of humor i think that was one of the the best days ever um and and we just literally laughed the entire time my face hurt (laughs) you know and he just wanted to make us laugh i mean it was great very lovely you'd never think that about him no Mm -mm. nope wow no great to hear though yeah and you know who was also really cool was Uh um was uh clint eastwood really really and let me tell you he he sprinkled some kind of weird fairy dust around my face because when i looked at him he he cast some weird spell and he looked oh 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 wait a minute clint are you like 40 something years old now because like magnetism really and i wasn't expecting it yeah yeah and it, it wasn't just once, because I've, I've interviewed him a few times, and it's like, wow, this guy's, you know, I think he's like 90 now. I, I don't know. Something something magical. 
Yeah. I have a question to ask you on the technical end of, of, of your editing process. Do you listen to like music or anything when you're editing? Do you have anything playing anywhere when you're editing? Hmm. Well, first of all, I hate editing. <laughs> I know the feeling. I hate it. Yes. And you know, I I'd rather do just about anything else, but I'm forced to because I can't afford to pay someone to edit the everything that I need edited. I did have wonderful people that helped edit, but we would always work on it together. You know, I was with them uh, all the time. Mm -hmm. But it's funny that the, with the music because most of the time I'm thinking of the music first because mm -hmm. um, it's really uh, drives a lot of the scenes and the emotion so mm. um that's dangerous though because i got very attached to some music mm -hmm. uh <laughs> being naive i i thought well you know uh, in the end i couldn't afford that music so, <laughs> so the music would have to be replaced <laughs> and you know i'll never do that again that's why on astor barber i had I chose music that, um, you know, especially with the karaoke, it was going to be very dangerous. Right. And I said, well, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, Alberto, but you have to sing, you know, some <laughs> old Italian song that, you know, it's like free use. Right. <laughs> and he's happy to do it. He's happy to do it. <laughs> he was, he, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> anything, give me anything. Because the first song he wanted to choose was Sweet Caroline. Okay. <laughs> And I'm like, I actually went and found out how much that was going to cost to use. I'm like, nope, you're not using that. I, I you know, I'm, I can't, I'd have to, I don't know what I'd sell. I don't have anything to sell that could pay for that. Right. So, yeah, but uh, just sitting down to edit, I really have to concentrate. Okay. So I'm not playing music while I'm doing it. Uh-huh. But I'm thinking of music pieces that would go with certain Mm -hmm. uh, so that you know, I'm not. I, I, I think I, I. It would be too distracting for me to hear any background stuff. That's how bad I am. Describe know. a time that you experience a technical challenge with a client. I have had a couple things happen on the red carpet. Ah. And that's the place you don't want it to happen because you have one chance. Uh huh. Uh, once the red carpet's over, that's it. You're not gonna. Oh, excuse me. We we had a we had a problem. We had a problem with the audio. Audio. Could you come back? No, it's over. So I have had a few things happen, and of course, you know, I'm doing the interview, so I'm not aware. Of, uh -huh. You know, if something's happening with the audio or the camera, unless they tell me, the guys tell me. So. There's been a few things where I got back to the edit because normally right after the red carpet, I have to run over to an edit house and we edit right. and then we have to send that out so that the news organizations can grab that right. for whatever news, either late night news or um, the next morning. Right. So uh, I've had it where, oh my God, we got back to the edit house and it was like, oh my God, what happened? to the audio <laughs> or you know so it hasn't thank god it hasn't happened what happens then you have to try to salvage that there's there was only one time where the audio it just could not be salvaged mm -hmm. and it was a pretty big premiere too
Ouch. Yeah. Let me ask you, what roadblocks did you face when you started out for your EPK work? I've been very fortunate with that. And, you know, I love doing it. I think it's just being a freelancer, Mm -hmm. that kind of stress where it's, you know, feast or famine. There's been really some scary months in the past where, oh my God, am I going to get another gig? Every freelancer, I think, goes through that. And, you know, like right now, uh, I know a lot of people um, that I wor- work with on the shoots that, you know, they have hardly had any gigs here. Mm. And so we're like, wait, is it going to come back? Is it going to come back to the New York City, mm-hmm. the, the East Coast at all, you right. know, for, for shoots? So um, roadblocks? No, I've, I've had a lot of a lot of support and um i've had a lot of good people that um continue to call me Mm -hmm. for work so um you know maybe it's something like i'm i I, i've blocked things out that have been right but i think for somebody that had not formally studied film Mm -hmm. or anything like that i i think i've been pretty pretty lucky uh, the the gigs that I've gotten mm-hmm. for this long. So you mentioned Martin Scorsese, mm-hmm. but what mm-hmm. directors or producers influence your work? I know you do documentaries where he does yeah. mostly yeah. film. But... Well, the thing is, he, he has a documentary, I don't know, I mean, people that love documentary, maybe they, they know this, that, but he, he has a, a film that he made early on it, it's just called Italian American, and it's his parents in their apartment down on uh, Mott Street, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just sitting on their plastic-covered living room furniture. And then she goes to make sauce, and it's fantastic. It's like 45 minutes long documentary, and it's just great storytelling. And you can see, I can see like his films that had come after that mm-hmm. you see where some of the inspiration came from mm-hmm. you know his his parents and his the way they live and the sense of humor and the early movies that he made mm-hmm. uh, uh, to me they were just fantastic because i love real dialogue you know that's why i like documentary i, I mean i love movies like especially from the 70s where the dialogue nobody it isn't so politically correct and everything mm-hmm. real it was just mm-hmm. real language real way of talking to people mm-hmm. there's been documentaries that have influenced me a lot which you know, ones like big, three. big big impact was there's a movie called dark days mm-hmm. and it's about um people that used to live underground like uh, under grand, grand central mm-hmm. station Mm-hmm. And um, uh, he, it's beautifully shot. It's black and white uh, film. Mm-hmm. And you're literally going like multi levels under New York City streets, and they're living there. A whole community living. I think I remember that. Yeah, it's very oof. And then there's another one uh, called Brothers Keeper. Mm-hmm. There's a show on called Gamora. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, show it's it's set in Naples, Italy, mm. and um, just it's perfect. 
to me. So any, anything, whatever it is, just if there's really great storytelling, I'm in. You know, documentary or narrative stuff. Yeah. What 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 and who inspires you like on a daily basis? Like when you get up in the morning. <laughs> I don't. I don't really. I never think of it like that. You know. You know. It still uh, gets me um, wanting to get out of bed in the morning yeah. and 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 get my blood flowing. Yeah. Is still probably the greatest love of my life is New York City. Ah. And that's it. You know. I still love walking out the door yeah hitting the pavement yeah and i feel the city and i could not live anywhere else yes you know I'm maybe a couple right of there with you yeah i it's still my greatest uh love yes you know? and right in the heart of the city yeah you know yeah um, and <laughs> i remember yeah i remember there was when i was in school i'll never forget it because it was like the first days of being at school and and there was a sculptor that lived in the building mm-hmm. and he had all of us come down to his floor to look at his sculptures and he had this one sculpture uh, it was like two levels there were people on one level and then people on this uh, uh, below it mm-hmm. and, and the people on the below um little sculpture they had all like they were kind of hunched over they're all sad looking and then on the top level they were all like hustle and bustle and their head you know moving and shaking so the bottom was called brooklynite and then and the top was called manhattanites <laughs> like oh no 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 i got to live in manhattan <laughs> that's fun oh my god <laughs> yeah so it's still new york you know i i remember i never used to want to leave at all because i thought i'd miss out on things mm-hmm. like even for a couple of days oh, no 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 i might miss out on something mhm mhm no i've been here since 76 December 76. Mm. And um I've loved it ever since. Yeah. So tell me, how has COVID affected you or your business? <laughs> wow. Uh it was <laughs> uh March mm-hmm. in March uh literally I was on the phone with um a cameraman that I was going to be working with. for the for a gig in the spring actually it was going to start at like the end of March into the spring mm-hmm. for a new uh show and i think it was NBC mm-hmm. and i was going to be doing the EPK for that mm-hmm. in the scenes we're going to be on set blah 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 it was going to be a good spring mm-hmm. and leading up to this it was pretty good it was like busy and you know calls were happening oh yeah i was excited you know it's going to be a good year <laughs> and within 24 hours of that phone call it all shut down mm-hmm. they said no 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 we're we're shooting everything down you know and in the beginning people were like oh, you know maybe we'll be back into it by april mm-hmm. you know and you know i'm no i'm no different than most of the people i know where we've had nothing mm-hmm. nothing since march and thank god like this week i'm doing a couple interviews for um a series that's that's coming out for apple tv and but before that the only other gigs thank god i had thank god i had these i don't know what i would have were um these couple few pharmaceutical gigs mm-hmm. that i produced mm-hmm. and that's how we met and uh so 
whew, outside of that, it's been devastating. Dev- and I miss, the, the thing is, it's, it's not just, of course, you know, financially. Right. But I miss all the people I work with. Yeah. You know, through, you know, you, we always have a good time. We, we like what we do. Right. And that's really been hard. Like, you know, and I hear their stress, you know, a lot of them have, you know, kids or kids they got to put through college, right. you know, it's oh, devastating. Yeah. You've started a, a, a production company. Oh, well, that was one good thing. Mm-hmm. One good thing that happened out of this was um, a, a very good friend of mine. Uh, she's an, an editor. Mm-hmm. And we just, we both had like no work coming in. Mm-hmm. And she had moved to LA. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we, we got to do something. Let's. So we decided to start our own company where, you know, she, she has the West Coast. I've got New York. And, um, you know, we can do shoots that are COVID safe, mm-hmm. um, you know, remote and make, make shoots look great, that it doesn't even look like it's a Zoom call. It looks mm-hmm. like a real beautiful interview that is as if someone were in the room with you. Mm-hmm. So it was really an answer to that and to, to not go completely crazy and try to get work um, that the two of us could do, you know, because yeah. she could take the editing I do the producing and, you know, a lot of it doesn't have to be done um, the way we've always done it. So it was... Aside from the big, big jobs, are you looking at um, getting work? We're trying every, everything, you know, because uh, I'll do whatever it is that needs doing you know i i um so if there's a self-tape that somebody wants would you do that as well because that's the thing that's happening right now with with, with, uh you know tapes and yeah no yeah yeah we actually we like doing that i mean we like doing that for what we have to do and then you know uh, her name's nayara she's she's excellent at, at that and and you know she's also a documentary filmmaker of her own work Mm-hmm. So we get, uh, you know, putting these things together and actually trying, I understand the selling, trying to sell a product, if it's the movie or, or the actor, right. you know, you have to sell it. Right. <laughs> so I get that point. She gets to how to, you know, we get the storytelling right. and yeah, absolutely. We can do that. Yeah. Do you, so then if somebody has a script and whatnot that they want, uh, to see if they could put it to film, would that be something that they would also come to you with? Sure, absolutely. Whether it's a short or a feature? Yeah, yeah. Park Avenue, it's called. Has the pandemic mm-hmm. made you think or see something about yourself or the world at large that you hadn't before? Before? <laughs> well, that's loaded. That is a loaded question. Yeah. All right, the, the bottom line is if if the people that I love, my family, can get through this mm-hmm. healthy. Mm-hmm. I that's really all I want. Mm-hmm. That's that's my biggest wish, my greatest fear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, then I'd be very happy. I'm I'm getting a little 
suspicious kind of even more lately. Mm-hmm. Um, Would it be suspicious of the politics, suspicious of what the vaccine? Oh, I'm very, very, very suspicious of the politics. Mm-hmm. I'm suspicious with the COVID tests. Right. Of which I've had many. Yeah. For work. And I have been on a set where the two people were tested positive. Then they were tested in the same day two more times, and both of them were negative. Then they had to go and get, uh, you know, a much more deeper test, the the one that's more um, in-depth test, not not the the rapid test. Mm -hmm. And they were negative. They are officially negative. So I I don't understand, and I'm, I'm, you know, and these rapid tests are 100 100 to $125 a pop. Right. Okay. So. Right. It's just uh, you know it's big business on top of it. Right. Yeah, I've just had to have mine done for another project I'm on. I'm like, oh my god. Anyway, wasn't it fun? Mm, lots of fun. <laughs> I have to get another one on Tuesday. You know, it's like I got to do one on tomorrow. Yikes. Yes. What do you, so what do you do to now to relax? Now I know you can paint and all that sort of stuff, but what is the me thing that Karen does? Oh, to relax? Uh, Ozzy, if I want to completely, you know, just forget about everything, uh-huh. I am not above watching 90 Day Fiance. That is one of my favorite shows. Or, Yes. If I really want to calm myself and get warm and fuzzy and just, oh, I want to slip back into my, you know, a, a, a great childhood memory, I will turn on cable channel 1265 uh-huh. and watch Match Game. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. I, I, yes, I need my Charles Nelson Riley and Brett Summers <laughs> and Richard Dawson. Yes. <laughs> you have no idea what medicine this is for me. I gotta tell you, my mine is your western. Sunday mornings is Hopalong Cassidy. You're 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 a little classier than me, Ozzy. I I, I go for the the game shows. It's crazy what's what's happening with us. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then forget it. My my husband thinks I'm. Well, no, I, I take it back. Now he's a little hooked. He wants to know what's going on with 90 Day Fiance, too. <laughs> and our talk better end before the, it starts because, you know, I have my priorities. <laughs> so, yeah, people are going to ask, oh, Karen, what did you what did you get out of the pandemic? You, deep thoughts and no. No, I, I, I watched a lot of Match Game and I watched a lot of 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> By the way, I love the way that you walk the streets of, uh, uh, you know, the streets of Manhattan where you're taking pictures of the old uh, oh. telephone booths. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what you did with, with, with uh, Macy's. Oh. And the was gorgeous. I mean, it just pulled me right in. I love your eye. I really love it. Oh, you know what? Now you're inspiring me. I got to get out there more. 
and you know I just do it when I see it you know but now you're making me think hmm I got to show people more right because what I do with my on my Facebook page is I I go on other people's pages who become friends mm-hmm. and I pull things from there and put it on my page give yeah. people who are posting wonderful stuff an opportunity of another page exactly yeah yeah you know it's funny Ozzy that phone, that mm-hmm. phone booth yeah yikes I mean can you imagine <laughs> that thing was just dead in my track <laughs> I was like, when I looked at that, I was like, oh my goodness, imagine we used to, we used to use those oh. Now it's like, like a real piece of art there, you know? Yeah, oh yeah, 15, 20 year old, they don't even know what that is. Right. What is that, what is that stump there? It didn't even, it didn't even have a receiver on it. <laughs> so aside from Astor Place, is there any other company or organization you think you'd want to give a shout out to for people to help? right here in Hell's Kitchen. I mean, if they if they close down some of these places earlier or if we go into another lockdown, they're not going to make it. Right. How could you possibly make it? I try my hardest to, you know, in our in the neighborhood here to go to the restaurants that I can. They're open. I'll get takeout. It's really really tough to see. Um let's touch quickly on your thoughts of the politics of the day. Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh my God. We know we're divided, but to see how much is another thing. I uh, knew we were divided though. I mean, I knew that. I've been outside of New York City during this, you know, last four years. Mm-hmm. And I knew, you know, I, I don't just have people in my life that think like me. I know both sides. Right. You know, and I don't dismiss people just because they don't think exactly like me. Right. I don't call them stupid. I don't call them, you know, terrible names. Right. You know, I think if we listened a little bit more to each other, right. You know, it's like the the respect for opposite opinions is just gone. Right. You know, you can't just sling you know, name calling because somebody doesn't think like you. That's that's been the most uh, very upsetting. We can't have debate. We can't talk about things at all without calling people, you know, terrible, terrible names. Right. On both sides, they do it. You know, and I grew up in a house uh, household. Uh, you know, one parent was Republican, one was Democrat. Mm-hmm. You know, I I I don't understand people that. Um, eliminate people out of their life depending on who they're voting for. I mean, what a waste that is. Imagine, you know, you're you're going to do that over dirty, rotten politics. It's the most disgusting thing to me is politics. I don't know I don't know how this is going to go because you know, I I kind of wish there had been a candidate where I mean, it's never going to be everybody on board, right? But just so totally divided right down the middle you know we're we're on razor's edge i remain hopeful still yes. about things because i love my country yeah. i want to see it do well mm-hmm. whoever is in charge just keeping it yeah i have i have a lot of hope it was a great thing that people cared enough to vote yes that's hopeful you know it got a lot of people out voting yes um and that means you know everyone cares 
Right. You might not you might not have the same politics, but everyone I mean, how many I forgot how many tens of millions of people voted. Not just criticizing, they're actually wanting to vote and be involved. Right. So that's really good. That means, you know, both both sides care. Right. They don't agree, right. but they they want the best for this country. So um, how they see that is totally different, but I wish that it could come together in that way. Like, wait, we, we all love our country, so can't we start there at least? Right. Karen, Karen, thank you so much. Thank you, Ozzy. For this time, for allowing me all that you are, which is more than all that you have on your sites, <laughs> which is a whole lot. Oh my God. Thank you so much for taking the time on my little podcast here. Ah, oh, it was great talking to you, Ozzy. Audience, thank you for listening, spending your valuable time with us today. Please care to share. Remember Karen's website, her personal website for her um, movies and um, uh, documentaries, Karen, K-A-R-E-N, G-E-H-R-E-S, Garris. When you're on your beat, please stay on the sunny, sunny side of the street safely and mask up, mask up, mask up. Karen, thank you, yes. thank you.